May 2020, springtime in the Midwest. And here we are in the midst of dual crises, the likes of which our country has rarely known. A public health emergency sparked by the coronavirus global pandemic and the resulting collapse of the national economy that has produced soaring unemployment and unprecedented strain on businesses large and small. The economic health of our nation, state, and community is our topic this week. Greetings and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Tribune Star's Tuesday Talk podcast. I'm Max Jones, editor of the Tribune Star, and I'll be your host today as we explore aspects of this strange new world in which we're all now living. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about why we're doing what we're doing. We decided to launch this podcast to be released on Tuesdays as a way of delivering news and information in a different format from which we're accustomed. We tell stories using the printed word every day in our print and online editions, but moving to the realm of podcasting gives us the opportunity to tell stories by engaging in compelling conversations with newsmakers and experts who specialize in many of the topics we report on routinely. Each episode of our Tuesday Talk podcast will focus on topics of community interest and will feature interviews with those closest to them. The segments will be posted on the Tribune Star's website at tribstar.com and will also be available wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, we're discussing the economic crisis consuming America and how it's crashing down on communities across the country. My guest is Robert Gell, professor of economics at Indiana State University. You may recognize Professor Gell's name and voice as a frequent commenter on economic matters. We're pleased to have him joining us by phone since, of course, we're social distancing here just like the rest of you. Welcome, Professor Gell, and thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Well, these are confusing and scary times for everyone, and in many cases, people don't know how to process all the information that's coming at them, or even what it all means. So from an economist's point of view, what are the most important things people need to look for so they can get an accurate understanding of what's happening in the economy today? So the thing that's most difficult with economic data is that it's like driving through a rearview mirror. If you've ever been so bored uh, while driving on a long, straight stretch, you'll look up in the rearview mirror and you try to stay between the lines just by looking in the rearview mirror. And you could do it, right? I mean, it's possible. But all of the data is in the past. Right? So for our unemployment number that comes out next Friday, we'd be looking at what the situation was on the 12th of April, which is three weeks ago. Right? Uh, GDP, the GDP flash estimate that we had, um, I guess it was Wednesday, right? that's looking back at the quarter that ended a month ago. So what we are um, – what we are – trying to figure out as economists and uh, political leaders as well is 
how deep the recession is likely to be using only information we can see well after it's happened. So one of the the key pieces of information that caused us to know that things were getting bad was that one thing that only looks back a week. That's the initial unemployment claims. So initial unemployment claims had been hovering around 210 to 230,000, and then they spiked to 280, and then they went to 3 million, and then they went to 6 million, and then started edging their way down. So what initial unemployment claims are is the adding up together of everyone who's just been laid off and has filed for unemployment. And so we get that data on a Thursday for what happened from the, the week before, so the Monday through the Friday of the week before. We get that number down to something that looks like normal in the three, four, five hundred thousand range. That's when we know sort of things are on the move better. Uh, and if that number stays in the millions, then we know things are, we are just digging a deeper hole. So if you wanted to look at one number, that and a number that's accessible to anyone, it is uh, the unemployment claims data that comes out on Thursday mornings uh, at 8.30. Well, you've used that magic, that magic word, uh, recession, and that's the term that is now being attached uh, to the current state of this economy. Do, do you agree with that? I, I'm assuming, based on what you said, that you do. Uh, but if you do agree with that, how do, you, how do you define the term recession for the novice? Okay. So a, a recession has a formal definition of two consecutive quarters of negative growth in real gross domestic product. That's gobbledygook to most people. It's when the world stopped, started selling less than it used to and does so for an extended period of time. Okay? So there's less less things being sold, fewer services being provided, and it's being and that is the case for two consecutive quarters. So uh, in 2014, we had a one-quarter, very slight negative uh, number on real gross domestic product that was that did not constitute a recession. It basically would be a pause. Uh, the recession that we all remember, right, not that long ago, 11, 12 years ago, that one uh, clearly met the definition. The third quarter and the fourth quarter of 2008 were terrible the first quarter and most of the second quarter of 2009 were were terrible. Um, it was the back half of 2009 when we just started inching our way uh, way back. So um, we don't know because, uh, that we are in a recession um, formally because we don't know that the second quarter real GDP will be negative. But unless you are brain dead, you understand <laughs> that the second quarter is going to be worse than the first. The first quarter was negative because 
the the three weeks in March were terrible, right? right? Other than the three weeks in March that were terrible, that was going to be a good quarter. So if that could drag us down, we're going to have all of the month of April that uh, is really terrible, and most of the month of May that will be uh, really pretty awful. So the second quarter is likely to be the worst economic quarter in the history of the United States. Now, we didn't measure quarter, uh, econ data by quarters in the Great Depression. We only measured them annually. So I, I, can, I can't say for sure that this is going to be absolutely worse than 1932, but I can say that uh, since we started measuring economic activity by quarters just after World War II, this is going to be the worst one. Well, we obviously all, all remember the significant recession of 08 and 09. People remember it well. It's still very fresh in a lot of people's minds uh, just 11 years ago. But is this economic downturn different than what we saw uh, in 08 and 09? Or is it basically so, the same? Okay, so um, the one that was 08 and 09, we started sort of creeping into recession territory in late 2007, early 2008, and we were sliding just a little bit. And the question was, was it going to be short and shallow uh, at that time? And then the bottom fell out between September, the basically Labor Day and Thanksgiving, the bottom fell out. Well, we didn't take three months to have the bottom fall out on us. It, it took about a minute and a half for the bottom to fall out on us um, this time. So this is the steepest decline that we will, um, we will in most of our lifetimes experience. Um, even the beginning of the Great Depression uh, was not this steep, was not this sudden. Um, so uh, this is a sudden and steep uh, recession. Uh, we might even put the D word to it. Um, it really does depend on what the coming out process is. So sure. yeah. uh, we came out of the 2008-2009 recession in the most anemic way we have ever come out of an economic downturn. It took us years to get back to the real gross domestic product uh, that had existed in early 2008. So um, the thing that scares me most is not how deep the bottom of this is, but how, how we look when we're back and ready to go whether we are climbing up a very slow uh, incline or whether we bounce like, like dropping from a trampoline. So the unemployment rate is, is one of the figures that you mentioned that we need to keep an eye on and will be a big measure of the economy and its strength uh, or severity of the recession uh, as we begin to see things more clearly. Now, that complete, it won't be a complete picture, but it'll be more complete than we've had next, uh, the end of this week, when the April figures do come out. Now, based on your observations so far, what do you expect to see happen uh, when these unemployment figures 
uh, come out and going forward. Okay, so again, um, I made the comment about uh, why the 12th of the month is really important because when May's number comes out next week or at the end of uh, on May 8th, um, the they will be looking at survey data that was taken in the 20s of April referencing the week that included the 12th. So you can get a pretty good idea of what that unemployment rate would be if you just add together the filings for unemployment, right, for the weeks that preceded that one. And so if you just add that first terrible week of 3 million and the next terrible week of 6 million and the next terrible week of 6 million and the next terrible week of something like 4 million. So you get those numbers added together and you divided by what the workforce used to be. You're looking at sort of the low end of the 15 to 20% range. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was was in the 14, 15%. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was in the 16, 17%. Now you add up the, the numbers that we've had since then, that number is probably likely to go up towards 20, so that the unemployment rate for May that we'll learn about in June will probably be at the top end of the 15 to 20% band. And whatever that number is, it is almost certainly going to be the worst unemployment number in post-World War II history. That the worst one was 1982 at 10.8%. The second worst one was 2009, um, I believe it was October of 2009 at 10%. This is um, the number uh, that comes out next week is almost sure to blow that one out of the water. Big numbers that none of us have ever seen before, for sure. Nope. Yep. Now, here in Terre Haute and West Central Indiana, the public health crisis hasn't really hit as hard as it has in other places, at least not yet. Uh, but we're certainly feeling the economic turmoil with business being closed, much of the retail service sector shut down or severely curtailed. What should we look for in terms of the local economy in coming weeks, and how do you see it handling this crisis in the future? So I, I guess what I'm uh, what I'm going to look for is um, what the places that have been closed look like um, in the weeks after they open, right? So some restaurants tried to stay open and did curbside, and some have done pretty well in in that uh, in that venue. But others, you know, my, one of my favorite. Uh, restaurants or two of my favorite restaurants um, in town, the downtown steakhouses of Stables and Jay Fords, they just basically, uh, after a while at least, gave up. Right. So right. the governor's um, the governor's suggestion that um, that we're going to open sort of in stages and restaurants begin at fifty percent capacity. I. The first thing I'm going to look for is, are people going, do people have the courage to go places 
that they really want to go, right? So um, what does Jake Ford's booking look like on that first um, that first weekend uh, that they're open? What does uh, Stables look like? What, what does Outback look like? What does B-dubs look like, right? It's not going to be um, everything back together all at the same time, but it's um, you, you're going to get a pretty good idea by looking at are are those restaurants able to uh, serve the capacity, or are people just really sort of scared, right? If people are really sort of scared and aren't going into the malls and stores that are open um, or the restaurants that are open, that's going to suggest that we're going to be crawling back and not bouncing back. Um, you know, I'm going to be competing with everybody else who needs uh, uh, Jeff Ford to make a mistake. Um, but it's going to be a real open question. If you go into a re- one of those restaurants on any given evening, um, the, average, the median age is, is in the uh, worrisome category. So um, look for that. Look for um, basic consumption behavior of things that have been left behind. You'll, for instance, you drive by Lowe's parking lot or um, any of the places that are that are open. A lot of their parking lots are full just because people are bored, right? They go there just to to see what's what's possible. Um, when things are generally open, looking at the parking lots and going inside and seeing whether people are our buy-in is going to be uh, pretty reflective of what the the next year or so looks like. Well, we know that the governor's easing of restrictions have, have started this week. It's the second stage that that he's calling it, and that has to do with malls and some retail stores and agencies and businesses uh, of the small variety. And then on this coming uh, Monday, May 11th is when when the restaurant restrictions uh, yep. and uh, begin. So we're going to be start start being able to see that here uh, very soon. And if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is that that uh, the economy rebounding as quickly as it crashed, uh, we may know fairly quickly just how how it will come back on the local level based on what happens in the restaurants. Right, and so uh, if 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 you're a restaurateur, right, and you're trying to figure out what your staffing is going to be looking like, uh, is it going to be crowded, and are you going to uh, be all booked up because you can only be at fifty percent capacity, or is your clientele such that they're not really interested in running to a place where they could pick up COVID nineteen, even if they can get a nice meal? Um, there, there's, there are competing uh, questions going on in a lot of people's minds. Yes, we're all going stir crazy, but uh, <laughs> not so much necessarily that we want to get ill. Exactly. Uh, so let me just throw one final general question back at you to, uh, yep. for you to share your, your thoughts. Uh, and it's simple questions here. When is this thing going to end and how will we know when it's over? So um, 
the when it ends is when people feel comfortable, in my mind, when people don't even think twice about shaking somebody's hand with the passing of the peace at church, whether people don't even think twice about going to um, a, a Colts football game or a Rex baseball game. Um, they, it doesn't even occur to them that illness is um, a, a, a possible outcome of going to an event, right? And I think we're all a little shell-shocked at this particular moment, so I can't imagine that uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is going to have 65,000 uh, people wearing blue at any point during the the football season, I could be wrong about that, but I I'm guessing that we're um, that we're not going to be clearly out of the woods until uh, this time next year, and then it's really a matter of how quickly we bounce back um, and how much we have confidence in our ability to do the things that require confidence, right? The things that the businesses that require confidence are selling cars because very few people write checks for $50,000 automobiles. They get a, they get a payment uh, plan and that requires confidence that they're going to keep their job. Same thing with home sales. So, um, I think part of what uh, we have seen with this experience is that our confidence can be undercut in a really short period of time, <laughs> right? When, when we were all told to stay home and New York's cases were increasing, were doubling every day, and um, the hospital workers were so overwhelmed and they they themselves were succumbing to it that has really shook our confidence and confidence is the thing that makes capitalism work that i know i am gonna have a job next month i know i'm gonna have the ability to pay off this debt i'm taking on to buy a home or to put a kid through school um, all of those central elements of confidence sometimes take time to build up. Our guest has been Robert Gell, professor of economics at Indiana State University in Terre Haute. Professor Gell, thanks for sh being with us and sharing your insights. I really appreciate it. You bet. That concludes our inaugural Tuesday Talk podcast. We'll be back soon. I hope you'll join us. For the Tribune Star, this is Max Jones. Until next time.